Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Adam Chin from Procabulary is on the show. Many of you have heard uh, my podcast with Mark England, which was a fantastic deep dive into the language that we use and how it is uh, available at our fingertips, truly, to create the world we live in, to create our experience in it, and to make manifest all of our dreams. Um, this podcast came at a perfect time for me. <laughs> and, and it came at a perfect time because of the Red Pill solo cast that I really had hammered. I tried to balance the light and the dark. And, um, well, as you know, if you've listened to that, it was pretty heavy. Um, this is more of that light side. And what's great is, you know, Adam is completely tuned in to the events in the world and what they are and still is in a space of being a co-creator and not focusing on the things that are out of his control and really utilizing the power that he has within to be a creator. And we dive into all that. We don't beat around the bush. It is fantastic. We dive into language. We dive into his story and how he met Mark England and really a story of synchronicity. You know, all of the synchronicities that have been occurring in my life. And uh, I mean, shit, I could be an entire podcast in and of itself. I mean, just doing a solo cast on that. But my recent synchronicities and of course the synchronicities that led him to focus on language and partner with Mark England in the creation of Procabulary.org. Um, you can head over to Procabulary.org slash Kyle and you're going to get 10% off their core language upgrade, which is absolutely phenomenal and will change your fucking life. There are no two ways about it. Um, so please check that out. It'll be in the show notes. Again, support the show by supporting our sponsors. We are brought to you by Inside Tracker. InsideTracker.com is an incredible company that is doing something that really, I, as far as I know, I don't think anybody else is doing right now. What they do is they have a home test kit for your genetics, and uh, which is super easy. It's a, a bit of saliva. You send that in, then you get your blood drawn. And based on your goals and where your health is at, they give you a score through the app of where your overall health is, what are the major areas you need to focus on, and then how to attain um, and achieve all of your fitness goals, all of your health goals and longevity as well. So this doesn't just get into, you know, I, you know, you might want to just lose 20 pounds, but actually being able to see based on blood work and genetics, where your focus point should be, and then the best approach to how to go about that. Right. So, um, for me personally, having done this, I'm going to open the app right now and just take a gander. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. So one of the things that I want to do is improve HDL and LDL levels. So from a lifestyle standpoint, I can increase avocado and olive oil and then incorporate a bit more aerobic workouts. And this is funny, you know, for the last probably month and a half, I have not, I've been doing quite a few, quite a bit less cardio, uh, but that is one of the ways to balance this. And so Based on the goals and what your where your health stands in your wellness score, you punch in what you want to do, and then through uh, computer learning, it's going to give you a whole host of different ways that you can achieve that. And I think this is just completely novel and completely fascinating by me. I absolutely love it, and it's one of the the best ways that we can take our the responsibility of our health and bring it back to within our control. This gives you pointers in all directions. It's incredibly easy to use. Their app also syncs with other fitness trackers like Aura Ring, Whoop Watch, all that stuff. So if you're already working with the with um, some of these other fitness trackers, this is probably the best way that you can synchronize that and get all of your health 
into the most optimized, best version of yourself. And what a perfect time of year with the holidays coming up and travel coming up to actually take a deep dive into that and to understand your health better. Check it all out at insidetracker.com slash KKP. Use the code KKP at checkout. You're going to get 25% off their entire Inside Tracker store. That's 25%. Of, this is a limited time. So check it out, insidetracker.com slash KKP and use the code KKP at checkout and that's going to get you 25% off everything in the store. Again, this is one of the most novel and amazing ways that you can tackle your health head on and own the responsibility that health is an inside job. I've been saying that for years. When you understand health is an inside job, you got to take responsibility for yourself, but it also really helps to have authentic, um, trackable things that show you where you're at and where you're going and the best ways to get there. And Inside Tracker is going to help you do that. We're also brought to you by Bioptimizers. Um, do y'all like free stuff? I mean, I, I sure as hell do. And you, if you do, <laughs> and you're like me, then you are in luck because Bioptimizers Black Friday deal starts right now. And not only are they giving you a huge discount all month long, they're also giving away over $200 worth of free gifts. That's right. I have an exclusive advance invite to buy Optimizer's Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals for the entire month of November. If you're feeling stressed or haven't been sleeping well lately, you're not alone. You might not be able to change all the chaos out there, but you can start supplementing with one key nutrient to help improve your sleep quality, as well as over 600 other biochemical reactions in your body. I had uh, the CEO and founder of this company, he might not be the CEO, I had the founder of this company, Wade Lightheart, on the podcast, and we probably spent 30 minutes talking about magnesium alone. This is one of the most important products on the planet, and Magnesium Breakthrough is one of the only products I've found that has all of the magnesiums that I'd want in one convenient bottle. You open less bottles, spend less money, and still get the top seven forms of magnesium for stress and better sleep all in one bottle. Most magnesium supplements fail because they're synthetic and are not full spectrum. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded from your brain to your sleep, pain and inflammation, and even less stress. Right now for the entire month of November, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough by Optimizers are having a Black Friday Cyber Monday blowout sale on their best-selling magnesium. All month long, you'll get 10% off with my unique code, plus access to over $200 in free gifts, including books and more of their best in-class products to sample. This is the best time to stock up and take advantage of all free extras you're going to get. Seriously, I've been recommending this product quite often this year, and I've never seen the discounts they have this month, not to mention the amazing bonus gifts they're giving away of extra products, books, and other amazing limited-time specials. Check it all out at www.magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo, and use the promo code KINGSBOO10 to get your discount and free gifts. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo with code kingsboo10, uh, the, the number 10, not the letters, T-E-N. Do it while supplies last and don't miss the November 30th deadline. We are brought to you by 8 Sleep Pod Pro. This holiday season, give yourself or a loved one a gift that keeps getting better night after night after night. Um, this has absolutely been one of my most favorite things that I've introduced to myself this year. And, and truly, you know, when we talk about fat loss, uh, recovery, stress, doctor quiet, any of these things, this is one of the most beneficial ways to enhance that. It's through enhancing our sleep. Have you ever heard that you need to sleep at 68 degrees Fahrenheit? Well, that's a myth. Science suggests that there is no one universal sleep temperature to give you deep and high quality sleep. Moreover, our sleeping temperature needs to change throughout the night. 
as body temperature affects both your circadian rhythm and sleep quality. However, the average mattress actually absorbs your body heat, giving you those nasty night sweats and causing restlessness. Who wants that? The Pod Pro by 8Sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermal regulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. It comes in the form of both a mattress or a cover you can put on your existing mattress. Get the pod and start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees or as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit. The temperature of the Pod Pro will adjust each side of the bed. This is important. Each side of the bed based on your sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature, reacting intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. The result... Eight sleep users fall asleep 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. The Pod Pro by Eight Sleep is so popular, it has garnered attentions from CEOs, pro athletes, and overall high performers who want to get sleep fit, because good sleep is the ultimate game changer. Right in time for the holidays, give the gift of better sleep and a present that will keep giving back every day of the year. Go to 8sleep.com KKP this Black Friday and Cyber Monday to save on the biggest sale of the year. That is E-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P.com slash KKP this Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and they're going to have the best deals that they've been running all year long. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley is a phenomenal company. These guys make my favorite beef sticks on the planet. They are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. Many on the market claim grass-fed, but they are actually finished on grains. They use beef sourced from small domestic farms in the United States of America. They use real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks versus conventional spices sprayed with pesticides or natural flavors often made from GMO corn. They ferment their sticks, which cure which creates natural occurring probiotics, which are great for our gut health. And it makes it alive, right? A lot of products that are stored on shelves are not, they're no longer living by having this fermentation. They are adding a bit to it to keep this thing alive and more digestible. They taste amazing. Perhaps that's the most important piece and have a great protein snack on the grub or on the go, wherever you are. I've got these in my, in my podcasting backpack. There's nothing worse than showing up to a podcast and starving. And sometimes on the road, that is the case. So I always keep a bag of these Paleo Valley beef sticks with me wherever I go. We've got a 10-day road trip coming up and I'm bringing an entire box Benefits of the product are 100% grass-fed beef, has higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, glutathione, which is the master antioxidant produced by the liver, CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, which is the fat that burns fat, and the most bioavailable protein. They're also keto-friendly, and as I said, a great protein-rich snack on the go. So if you're traveling for the holidays, if you want a healthy snack in between meals that's actually going to fill you up, not some chips or some other garbage, which I'm sure we'll all be eating, this is one of the ways we can do that. These guys refuse to cut corners. They prioritize health over profit. They use conscientious processing and manufacturing, and they source only the highest in quality ingredients available. They have a strict focus on bringing nutrient density back to the dinner table and have a passion not only for health, but for environmental restoration and animal welfare. And these guys are an accessible family-owned company. Check it all out at paleovalley.com. Use the discount code Kyle for 15% off. That's paleovalley.com, discount code Kyle for 15% off everything in their store. These guys are incredible, and you are sure to love everything that they make at Paleo Valley. And without further ado, my brother Adam Chin is back. Here we fucking are. You got, you, you've got an editor, right? I mean, <laughs> this is recorded. He, my dude, Roy Matz, it's, it's, uh, 
he he does he does the editing in these podcasts. He's brilliant. He also does the music. He's a musician. Love this guy. And one of the things he want, he does a number of podcasts, not just mine, but one of the things that he wanted was a more like a, a really raw cut, you know, and maybe that's just him wanting to do less. I don't know, but <laughs> of course he's listening to this right now, but when it, he talked to me about that, like it's less polished than when I was at on it, where they would take my deep inhales out and shit like that. And he doesn't do that anymore. So maybe like, who's that guy breathing? I'm like, oh, that's me. And I'm <laughs> sorry that I had the mic too close to my nose or I was, um, you know, if I just come from a workout or something like that, I might be, there might be some heavy breathing or if I'm really rambling, then, uh, you know, but I listening to my own podcasts, I like that. Like you gotta, you're going to edit it's, out the fucking sound of me taking a breath, right, you know, like if you, if you pay attention closely, I've been listening to Adele with Bear and uh, we probably listen to like someone like you. 40 times in a row because he just loves it. And uh, you can hear her take a deep breath before she fucking belts out the long one, you know? And it's like, okay, completely natural, just like we're in the room right now. So, Roy, I love you, brother. Thank you for the great work that you do. Adam, I was introduced to you from our buddy and your business partner, Mark England, who has been incredible. And it's really a funny, I mean, I know I talked about it on our podcast together, but I've probably had more people intro me to Mark with the idea of him coming on my podcast than any other single human by far. And for years, there was always like, uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Especially knowing Mark's background in, in martial arts and having spent time in Thailand and Iboga with plant, like all the things, right? And of course, what we're going to talk about uh, and dive deeper into today with, with Procabulary, there's so much he could bring to a podcast, especially like mine, where all of those things are are high ticket items, in my opinion, right? Like, I want to hear about your fighting. I want to hear about Iboga. I want to hear about uh, how words affect everything we do in life, right? I want to hear all those things. And for whatever reason, it just went by um, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. I mean, I think I'm, I'm almost positive I met him in 2017, at Paleo Effects, and he might have been speaking that year, but um, you know, Mind Pump, Barbell Shrugged, all these guys. Like, I'm pretty sure Bledsoe was the guy that introduced me to him earliest on, and then over time, you know, with Keith Norris reintroducing, hey, you, know, you guys, I don't know if you've met this guy, but you need to know him. And I'm like, ah, we've met, and yeah, I yeah. want him on, <laughs> and it just worked out perfectly that that he came in, and um, I loved that podcast. I've loved the small amount of vocabulary that I've dove into, and I most certainly, uh, we actually have a road trip coming up at the end of the month, and I know I prefaced, I've been going on and on for, for three minutes and counting already, I've already prefaced that I really want you to run with this since we've, we're limited to an hour, and I haven't given you a chance yet to speak, but um, we have a road trip coming up at the end of the month for 10 days, like Clark W. Griswold. We were, we were like, let's go see the Grand Canyon and then we'll visit your parents and, and uh, all of your family out in, in Arizona. And so we got that coming up. We rented an RV from Outdoorsy, which is a super dope app, brand new RV. And uh, we get that uh, in about 10 days. And I'm like, what are all the cool educational tools we can do together as a family? And I'm thinking of like books and things like that. And I'm like, oh, we got to fucking run vocabulary. That's for damn sure what we're going to do as a family on this road trip because of the fact that it's, it's something that's applicable and easy to grasp. Like, Bear's going to understand this. We've been telling him over and over again, our words matter. 
And when shit hits the fan, um, even though no one has ever told him that in our household, he might've heard it at school before we started homeschooling, but he'll just say, fine, I'm stupid. Or he'll, you know, do self-degrading, right? I'm like, oh shit. Nope. I didn't say that, buddy. We don't think that at all. You're brilliant. You know, you were, you were exceptionally smart. And, um, but really for him to understand the power of words, the power of how we talk to ourselves, because, you know, everyone's got that inner critic, right? And some people might say, oh, six years old is a little early. What the hell's going on in your family? I mean, like, I don't know, maybe it is, but, um, that, that's how my inner critic talks sometimes, especially when I was younger. I mean, I have memories, uh, playing football. If I made a mistake, I would punch myself in the, in the face with my helmet on like think, and I'd hit myself in the helmet, you know, and the Chris Farley. Yeah. God, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So look, there's a lot I want to dive into you specific to vocabulary specifics, but I want to get into your life as well, because you're not Mark England. You're your own person. Believe it or not. I'm my own person. Thank yeah. you, Kyle. Yeah. Well, uh, I met Mark, uh, now, how many years ago now? It's been since 2006, seven. So, oh my Lord, that's been 14 plus years that I've known Mark England. I met him in Thailand. Like you oh. mentioned, Mark uh, is uh, a you know, kickboxer who went over there. People have listened to that show. They know that story. Uh, I was over there because I was reconnecting with my family because I am uh, born to a Thai Chinese father and uh, Appalachian mother. I'm the first uh, uh, Asian hillbilly you've had on this show, right? Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you're saying that because my brother-in-law is first-generation American. My brother, Matt, best dude ever. Favorite guy that my sister's ever dated, period. So I was like, yes, marry him. I love him. His parents are both from Thailand. And uh, having spent time in Thailand, I, also my, my high school was 70% Asian, and that's include, you know, including India, which is a large population. I think it's 80% now uh, with the inclusion of India, which is a part of Asia. But I've always wondered that because I have friends, like one of my best friends, um, Lovent, he's half Thai or no, half, half uh, his mom's from Singapore and his dad's from Turkey. And his mother's first name was Chin. Chin Sui, yes. right? So I'm like, oh, where's yes. Chin from? You know, so I'm wondering that. But this is this is dope. Dive dive into that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of well, the Chin name, you know, depending on how this, you, you can look at the character and you can see which sort of branch um, the the Chin name comes from. There's lots, even though we spell it, uh, I think it's Pinyin is the the system we use uh, in in America to translate that symbol. Uh, it could be, I don't know, it could be 16, 20 different types of Chin names. Just depending on the region, the tone, et cetera. So, uh, but generally it's a surname as, as you know. And, uh, you know, my, the reason I say Chinese Thai is because, uh, my father's, uh, grand or grandparents and his parents were both uh, born in, in China and they moved to Thailand, uh, largely I would say to escape the coming communist revolution, uh, that was on the horizon during that period. So, you know, I, I come from a, a line of freedom lovers, let's say, <laughs> industrialists and freedom lovers. So um, I know you are, you're a big freedom lover. Absolutely, uh, brother. So yeah, I, I meet Mark over there reconnecting uh, with Mark. But, you know, one of the things uh, when you are someone like me who comes from uh, a very strange or I should say unique uh, mixed race background is that there's a lot of conflict with that. You know, you've got this again in the 1970s, my my mom and, and, and dad meet and, and you've got Appalachia on one side, you've got, uh, uh, Chinese Thai on the other. And you would think, Oh, that seems like a, a, 
a combination that wouldn't work out very well. And you'd be right because that marriage dissolved very quickly. And there was a lot of conflict in my home, you know, so I would end up spending uh, the, the school year in the Carolinas where I grew up um, with my mom, my stepdad. And then I would go over in the summers to see my, my father um, in, in Thailand. So I, I got to see a lot of the, the conflicts of adults as a, as a child. I had a front row seat to that. So you'd see the, the, you know, the, the basic stuff, the money, the, the relationships, uh, you know, arguments about how life is happening to me and why things aren't fair or things just aren't working out. Now, do get me right. I, I, my parents taught me a lot of great things and they showed me a lot of fantastic uh, tools that I could use to become an adult. But there still was this overwhelming uh, feeling of anxiety that I, I saw not just in my family, but also, you know, as, as a kid growing up during that era, you know, with other adults. And at some point, as I started to become an adult, I started noticing that that was an option, that people didn't have to go down that path, that you could Instead of life happening to you, you could actually co-create with it. And the most pivotal event was me meeting uh, by chance through my first uh, job as an adult, as an adult uh, my mentor, Jeffrey Gittimer. Uh, someone that people, if they're in sales and let's say they're over 35, they would definitely know who this person is. Uh, this is a guy who uh, at one point, I believe it's still the case, uh, has written and published the most popular book on sales ever, ever created the little red book of selling. And I met him when I was 22 and he hired me to run his studio. And ostensibly I became his student because he is a sales and personal development uh, teacher. But I, I recognized something about this guy, Jeffrey, that I wanted to emulate in a big way. This guy Yes, he experienced conflicts. Yes, he experienced things that, um, that would show up in his life that were negative, but he was co-creating with life. He would come up with something, think of an idea, put something out there as an intention, and it would, it would come true. Uh, so, and I said, how do I do that? And, I, I, and, and he saw that I was so interested as a young man, took me under his wing, and you know, he taught me... Uh, the old school guys when it comes to the stuff that really isn't the foundation of what on it's all about. It's what in lifted and, and vocabulary are all about. It's what you're all about. It's this idea of, of positive attitude or co-creation with the world. Okay. And it, that's essentially what we're going to talk about today. How, how this, this theme expresses itself in many different mediums, right? So he showed me the old school guys, the Dale Carnegie's, you know, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, uh, Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret, if you even know about that recording. It's an amazing recording. And then Jim Rohn, the great Jim Rohn. And these, these old school guys influenced Jeffrey to become the person he was, and he wanted to pass that on to the people who would, you know, actually take that torch and move forward with it as well. So I got to both mentor under Jeffrey and also my job with him was to build these educational courses for uh, Fortune 50 companies. We were working with Caterpillar and, uh, you know, Microsoft, Ford Motor Company. I was doing all this at 24, 25 years Damn. old. So I was very fortunate to, to be in that scene. And, you know, uh, I turned 27, 28, and I had the opportunity to leave the company, a little money in my pocket. And I said, screw it, I'm going to go to Thailand. 
And, you know, it's just so happens that I end up uh, in a place called the spa in Koh Samui, Thailand in 2006, 2007. And I, I get there and this place, I'm telling you, it's like proto on it. Uh, Kyle, it's, it's like a, it was a laboratory where people from all around the world would come and, and, and essentially cross pollinate a word that we talked about before we started recording these, these really amazing ideas that in retrospect was right in the, the trajectory that I was on, uh, meaning personal development. How do we co-create with the world? They were doing it from a uh, very wild, very hippie, very, you know, in some, some cases, woo woo, uh, directions, but also in, in nutrition, like in, in 2006, we were talking about seed oils there, you know, we were talking about, uh, veganism and low carb diets and, and, and paleo diets, even that's that conversation started pretty early on there. And the, the key activity at this place was uh, a detox or one of these places where you don't eat for say seven to 10 to 12 days. Some people go even longer than that. So this is the, 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 uh, I get, you would call it the nest or the, the incubator, a better word where Mark and I meet randomly. And we're, <laughs> and we're still pretty early on in our, in our journeys as, as adults, you know, even though we're in our late twenties, we're still figuring things out. And that place was so magical it, in a lot of ways. It was a very nurturing incubating, uh, environment because it did bring personal development ideas that were outside of the norm into our sphere early on, uh, things like mind power by John Kehoe, uh, uh, David Data's uh, information on the divine masculine and divine feminine, uh, these all entered this space early on. And we were able to, you know, over those, say, the next 10 years, seven to eight, 10 years, we were able to, to really integrate those ideas and, and form them into our consciousness and, you know, into our expression of personal development. So a few years go by, and I, I, I keep in touch with Mark, of course. He moves to Ecuador for a little while. I come back to the States for a couple of years. We reconvene at the spa in 2014, and he, he says, Adam, you know, I got this idea. I want you to look at it. And if you like it, would you be interested in, in building a course? Like I told you, I've, I used to build educational courses, and he knew that. And so would you, would you build a course out of this? Uh, and for me and shoot the video, et cetera. And I said, yeah, sure, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll read the, the document. I read the document. It's called Empowered Language Systems. And I go through it and I'm, and I'm like, holy hell, this is really interesting. Because I, I known about NLP. I known about Landmark and a lot of these things. But to see what Mark had done, he had simplified these things. They were very simple. And, and I go, you know what? There is one more layer of refinement that we can do on this and make it even simpler. So I said, Mark, I will, I will do it, but we have to go into business together and I will refine it and we'll make this into the iPhone of personal development, something really simple, really digestible that anyone can use. So the, the thing that attracted me most about that particular material in terms of language as an entryway to positive attitude and that's what we used to call it before mindset was a thing, right? We used to call it positive attitude is that it was, again, it was so practical. It was so simple because, you know, language being the symbols that we use to communicate very large ideas, uh, oftentimes, you know, it's, it's, it's a, 
Think of it as a way of self-expression. So you have paintings in this office, beautiful paintings, right? I mean, everyone can finger paint. And I, I, and I believe that at the, <laughs> at the level that most people are, we're all, we are finger painting our, our realities, <laughs> you know, with, with our words, because uh-huh. we've never been taught. We've never practiced. We've never, never put in the reps, or we've yet to, I should say. And when I started looking at the material that Mark presented to me, I started seeing that there were very simple, very practical ways that anyone in the world can make a little change and they could, they could explore their ideas. They could craft their ideas by using this, these techniques. So we launched the course in 2015, sold a little bit, 2016, Mark goes on Barbell Shrugged, sold a lot. Uh, thank you, Mike Bledsoe and Anders and the whole team. Uh, and then we realized that the coaches and the athletes were really responding this, to this material, partly because Mark was an athlete himself. Mark had, you know, was one of the first kickboxers that, come out of, that came out of Virginia and one of the first fighters. And Mark had, has lived in that world for a very long time, so he could speak with him. But I'd say also partly because, you know, athletes are optimizers. You know, they, they want, they want to get the edge. They want, they, they understand that every little adjustment can make very large changes in the outcome. So athletes, coaches, leaders, anyone who, who could see how urgent and how necessary these changes were in order to get the outcome that they wanted, they responded to the material. So then we took that vocabulary concept and we rebranded it as enlifted and, and really again, had yet another layer of refinement to it to speak to that leader, to speak to that influencer, to speak to that athlete or coach. Um, And we wanted to create something again that was practical. So the definition, the way we present um, to people of what Enlifted is, um, we say Enlifted is a, a company that creates a set of practical mindset tools to unlock freedom and confidence. And I really like that, that way of putting it because I like the term practical mindset, because when someone says mindset to, to you for the first time, it may sound ethereal. It may just sound because what is a thought? Have you ever seen a thought under a microscope? You know, it's, it's, it just seems like you can't get your, your hands around it. And, and one of the most brilliant observations that Mark has made, and he made it on the show with you when he was on, is that, you know, the, the whole concept of, of why, like, why am I always feeling like this? You know, why does this always happen to me? Or why does she have to be this way? It's like that, you know, if you have a decade and 50 grand to spend with, you know, a therapist on a sofa, go for it. The rest of us have a family to raise, a job to do, uh, a race that we want to complete, you know? So his observation was, screw the why, let's look at the how, the mechanics, because Mark, self-admittedly, is, is a simple guy. You know, he's a hidden genius in that way. So he goes, let's look at the how, the mechanics, a practical mindset. Um, shall I give you some examples? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please, brother. <laughs> okay. So you think of some basic sentences that people say to themselves, both with each other and also, most importantly, I would say with their self-talk. So think of something like this. Um, I really don't think I should do that anymore. 
And you think about that, that line, I really don't think I should do that anymore. Okay. Pretty basic sentence. I would say generally that feeling that's associated with that sentence has to do with guilt or, you know, some sort of, um, I don't know, maybe there's, there's some shame associated with that, you know, disappointment in oneself. And you're thinking, okay, what can I do with that trash of a sentence? Okay. Well, if you break it down and, and you can, and, and we, we will teach you, Mark will teach you how to do this. And you look at each word, there's actually a lot of hidden gold in that statement. So first of all, what I would do is I would say, well, define what that is. Okay. Because the brilliance of language is that you can take these amazing, lar- like large concepts, and you can compact them down, compress them like you compress a file on your computer. You can compress them down to, to very small bits that you can transmit to each other, right? So that, oh, that, what is that? That's a euphemism. Okay, maybe that is overeat to the point of which I'm exhausted and feeling bloated and terrible about myself. Okay, so now let's go back to the sentence with that, with, with the actual uncompressed version of that in it. So I really don't, I really don't think I should eat to overeat to the point in which I'm bloated and exhausted and feeling like shit. Okay, now let's take out the really, because really is a throwaway word. I don't think I should eat to the point where I'm feeling terrible. Okay, great. Now, what do you do want to do. So I do think that I should what? You flip it. You're just taking, you're just taking these words and you're flipping them. You're just crafting this sentence into something you can actually use. So I do think that I should what? Have more control over how I eat. Okay, good. So I do think I should, or I do think I can. Do you think, or you can you? So you, ultimately you end up to a, at a place where if you craft the sentence enough, you start realizing the actual thing you're, you're attempting to communicate to yourself, the input that you're giving to yourself is something more akin to, I can control how I eat. That's the hidden gold. And you say that over and over. It's like Thug Rose at the last uh, UFC. Yeah. What did she say over and over and over again? She says, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. She kept saying it. The Mantra. whole way to the cage, all the whole training camp. Yeah. For months. Imagine yeah. if she says, I don't think, if she was saying, I don't think I could lose this match if I tried hard. It's like, no, no, no. I'm the best. I'm going to give it my best when I'm in there. I, there's a good chance that maybe if I try real hard one day, I'll be the best. No, no, no. I'm the best. I'm the best. And you, you do, if your actions and the words, if they, if they meet on the same road, man, that's where the magic happens. Abracadabra. Mark talked about abracadabra uh, when he was on the show. With my word, I create. It's an Aramaic, ancient Aramaic word. With my word, I create. Okay, abracadabra, magic. So, you know, another quick example would be something people say. They, they say, uh, you know, she never let me be me. Okay. Well, who's the protagonist of that story? She. Okay, let's flip that. I never let me be me. Is there any accuracy, accuracy to that statement? And a lot of people, they'll flinch. They'll, they will go and they will say, oh, okay, I take out the never, make that's binary, that's either or. I occasionally let me be me. You start seeing, what you're seeing when these, you make these changes with the words, you're starting to see that the steering wheel all of a sudden comes into, into view of life. And before 
I'm a passenger in the back of the bus, and I'm a minor character in my autobiography. And as you start crafting the language and placing yourself at the center, the steering wheel comes down. You're in your own vehicle, driving your own life. And, you know, that's the central question that I've been obsessed with my whole life is to what degree do we author our own story? Because I, and honestly, given uh, what you've been talking about for the past few months, maybe longer than that, but listen to a lot of your shows, but it is the question of the day. It's the question of the, of the times, because there are a lot of folks out there who believe that life happens and that I'm, again, I'm a minor character in my autobiography and that other people have to change so that I can live the life that I want to live. And other people have to think differently so that I can feel good about myself. Well, that's a road to hell because good luck with that. So, uh, that was a, a very quick synopsis of, of what it is that we're, <laughs> we're, uh, that we're up to. We're, we're, our goal is to give people tools to, to build freedom and to build confidence. And we're doing that in a variety of ways. I can get into that later. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, brother. And this is this is bringing up a couple of a couple of uh, really important rememberings or life truths, you know, with a capital T that have um, uh, perhaps not been coined by Aubrey and Paul Check, but but have certainly been something that they have repeated over and over again to me. And one of which, as I think I've mentioned on this podcast plenty of times, is Aubrey, you know, saying that uh, is life happening to you, or how does he word that? Is life happening to you or is life happening for you? Right? Just that question. You know, and in any circumstance, when I look in the rear view, did that happen to me or was it for me? Right? That shift is just a perspective change, but it takes me out of the victim and it empowers me. And there's always, I mean, even, you know, Paul Levy, who had on this podcast, wrote the book Dispelling with Tico, all on how darkness operates and all on how that non local entity. Is not some weirdo in a red suit with a with a pitchfork. That 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 entity's in all of us. It is. It exists in all things. And uh, which wolf do you feed? Right. Well, one of the first things we do in creation is the logos. We work with the word. That's how we draw something from the astral or the etheric plane, and we make it a living reality. Here is through the vibration of our word. And uh, you know that reframe really it really is important. And just as as Levy says in Dispelling Watiko. The gems are hidden in the darkness. It is the the light at the end of the tunnel when we go through the dark night of the soul. Uh, when we change that, you know, from holy shit, I can't believe they're doing X, Y, and Z on the external, and we say, well, what is that offering me now? Right? It seems like if Bill Gates is buying up all this farmland and he's also, you know, <laughs> basically a co-owner of what is formerly known as Monsanto and, and likely is not going to be using the best farming practices that help heal the oh, earth. Oh, look at him. What you, Kyle, that's so not cool, man. Bill Gates is a picture of health. Just look at the guy. <laughs> so, so, you know, if, if Mr. Rogers is destroying the planet, that's a story. Where, where's my story? Well, I'm not going to allow anybody in a position of power to dictate what I put in my body, what kind of food I eat, right? So maybe if I'm to empower myself, that's going to require me either A, growing my own food, or B, knowing the growers 
on a first name basis who do it in the highest level of integrity. Empowering right? the growers, yeah. empowering the things that you want to give power to. I mean, Building relationships with these people, absolutely. right? Yeah. So this is that, it all comes down to that concept of locus of control. Have you heard about this before? And, you know, they say that there's people who have a high internal locus of control is what we're talking about, authoring your own story. And there's people who have a high external locus of control, meaning that the control comes from external sources. And we all have mixtures and there's different theories about it in terms of attribution in certain areas of our life. But, uh, you know, ultimately, if we give in to these global forces that, I'm not using that in an Alex Jones way. I mean, like in terms of the global forces that are out of our control and we, we give into that, to those thoughts and we paint the world with global thoughts, paint our internal world with global thoughts, that leads to depression. This is clinically proven. Right. So depression, good luck doing anything when you're depressed. Right. So you want to create that environment. Again, you want to co-create with the world. So if we can figure out a way, again, using practical tools, you guys are, I mean, from a physical perspective, this is dreamland. You know, I come in here and I can, I can, I come into the offices here at Audit and I see the, the artwork. I see where the, where the attention has gone and you are about building again, total human optimization. You know, Mark and I are approaching it from another way. There's lots of tools out there to get to where we want to be, but the body and the mind and the soul all have to be working in unison with a variety of tools to get there. So, you know, I I truly believe that this is the issue of the day. Like we have to get, especially children uh, in a position and, and young people in a position where they can understand that they're working, they're working and they're, they're, they're artists. And they're painting with the world, you know, and they're, and they're co-creating this experience because if, if they believe that, again, that if someone else has to change their behavior and their thoughts in order for me to feel good about myself, I am struggling to find uh, a more debilitating and, and depressing existence than that. Because, you know, as a, Hey, I'm a mixed race guy. I grew up in the South in the eighties and the nineties. I mean, yeah, there's going to be people who don't understand you, but so what, you know, it's like, you're going to not understand a lot of people. You get used to it. You know, the goal is that we understand each other. And, and so that's the other side of the language work, you know, so much of the positive development and mindset work that's, that's been out there for, for decades has been about this concept of, we have to build up the internal world, the internal tools, because they, they do have the maximum impact. And I would suggest everyone uh, address that, that, uh, front of the war first, but as an MMA guy, you know, I mean, you know, when you train, you're training for two foes, you're training for the, like the Masashi Miyamoto quote that Aubrey has in his book. You know, he's, he's a big fan of that about defeating that inner foe every single day, um, because you'll have a lesser foe tomorrow. That's, that's what, you know, most mindset is about, but you also have to think about mindset stuff and, and language stuff in, in terms of who are the threats across from you in the octagon or in the, in the ring. Cause there are mindset threats that are out there and they're coming at you. And there's, and you know, Tony Robbins used to say that, uh, if you don't get your, 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 your ideas straight about what you want to do and become and who you want to be in this world, there are billion dollar industries out there to do that for you. Okay. Multi-billion dollar industries, uh, trillion dollar industries now. <laughs> so, so there are going to be threats externally as well. And the tools that we, we provide and, and created and lifted are about 
first and foremost, the internal, but also the external. Because if you've got people out there that believe that, you know, other people are in charge of their happiness, well, I mean, what happens when, I don't know, a virus is unleashed and people start thinking, well, I can't be healthy unless you do something. My health is subject to your actions. Well, how far would they go with that? Because, you know, I, I mean, you can go in throughout history and you can see people who've done really horrible things when they've externalized there's, responsibility. There's fantastic books that have already been written, some yeah. of which uh, Jordan Peterson has been mentioning for a number of years to read. The Gulag Archipelago uh, series, the three-volume series, is just one of uh, many that really points out to how this exactly unfolded in the the near distant future. You know, something I've, I've that's really resonated with me is when we talk about, you know, the, the muddled history of humanity that no one really agrees on. It's like no one lived in the Americas, you know, until X, Y, and Z. And they're like, ah, there's some evidence in the Amazon that we were around, you know, a few hundred thousand years ago, 200,000 years ago. It, it, who fucking knows? It's all over the place. But, you know, when we when we think back to the length of time with that and how humanity has evolved, there is no, we're all in agreement. hundred years ago, we're the same fucking people, right? So this idea, how could they, how could Nazi Germany happen? How could Stalinist Russian happen? Right? It's, it's that those ideas and concepts are alive today. Eugenics didn't start with Nazi Germany, and it sure as hell didn't end with Nazi Germany. That idea is alive and well, right? Like, what do we do with that, right? Those are the stakes, so, Kyle. Yeah. Those, it literally, that sounds, if someone's new to this world and they, they hear that, they're like, whoa, that's a big jump from me improving my own personal life and my responsibility to turning into a Nazi Germany uh, supporter or whatever you want to call it. Uh, no. Because it's it that is the these are the stakes that is the trajectory. Mao Chairman Mao killed tens of millions of his own people in peacetime using a lot of the techniques that I'm seeing today. Uh, Manufactured well, supply chain shortages. Hey, we ran out of food. <laughs> There's it, a drought. It's, it's very it's very odd. And you know, again, let's get back to personal responsibility. I have this theory, and I'm going to socialize it here on the show. It's called the the bottom up conspiracy. So yeah, we all know about the uh, the old. Uh, there's a war on for your mind, folks. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> top down conspiracy where the the lizard people are up in the room and they're doing all those things to to ruin people's lives. Well, well, you know, before I flew out here, Kyle, I was uh, I live in the Charlottesville area, and I was uh, on the way to the airport. I stopped, and there was a little uh, shopping center, and there was a chopped salad company, if you know what that is. And, and then there on, and there was, and that's where I went to get my, my pre-flight meal. Cause I was like, Oh, I want a salad. It's delicious. And then there, and there was no one and chopped. And then next to it, there was a Chick-fil-A that had a line out to, uh, you know, the road, they literally had to like change the road for the, the moment because it was Sunday <laughs> morning and everyone wanted, or a Saturday morning, everyone wanted Chick-fil-A. And, uh, and I was thinking, Oh, that's a bottom up conspiracy. So all these millions of people, think about it, right now, they're conspiring to keep McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and, and these horrible people or less than great uh, leaders into power. By the way, I'm not uh, dogging on Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is 
tasty. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, people, they, they look around, you say, well, why is, how come McDonald's still, is still in business? It's like, because there's millions of people conspiring to keep them in business. You know, there's millions of people who are conspiring to do what they're told, to even though they know they shouldn't be doing that because they will not take the reins of their lives. So that's, again, that's why we got to create a, a, you know, a legion, you know, of a society of, of people who are authors who are co-creating and make that part of the culture. Like, it, I, you know, I, I do believe as the culture has become more secularized, this is the, this is the, the, the role that some of religion, again, imperfect, but was playing is that there was some sort of thing outside of ourselves that helped us become more active uh, rather than strictly passive um, uh, passengers um, on this this journey. So uh, I'm, I'm, I like to look at both the top-down and bottom-up conspiracies when I explain things, you know. It makes more sense, and it, it, it makes me an active participant. Do I want to be on that bottom, you know, helping out the people at the top, or do I want to do something better? Absolutely, brother. Yeah, the, one of the things that, that's come to mind is, is you know, in, in a sense, how supposedly how Christ taught to pray, right? And how, how different, different uh, ascended masters or, or high-level humans uh, understood prayer, not as a wish, not as a, um, hey, I'd really like to be rich or, or please help me get the mansion of my dreams or, or I really need this promotion, God, please give me that, to to praying as if it is already so. And this is the way Dispenza teaches us to manifest, right? A lot of words have a lot to do, as it turns out, with how we co-create and how we make things manifest in this world. And, um, you know, going back to Chuck, he talks about this echo test that I've mentioned an infinite number of times on the podcast. But if I'm standing at the Grand Canyon, which we're heading to, Clark W. Griswold style, uh, and I yell out, I want to lose 20 pounds and feel great, that gets echoed back to me, right? So I'm always in a perpetual state of wanting and needing to lose the 20 pounds, but I never really grab that. If I yell out, before I've made it manifest, I've lost 20 pounds and feel great, that gets echoed back. Now, as I repeat that, and I call that in on a daily, anything that's not in agreement with that statement that I'm making about my life will become very apparent you know, when there's birthday cake at the birthday party and it's like, oh man, but you know, they only turn 40 once. Or, uh, you know, like, you know, when you start making excuses and things like that, but then you remember, oh, I've lost 20 pounds and I feel great. That's not a part of me losing 20 pounds and feel great. I'll have cake after I've lost 20 pounds and feel great. And it becomes ever easier to stick to the path and co-create the reality that you have lost 20 pounds and you feel great. And then you can say at the next birthday, oh yeah, I'm going to have a little bit. Or you know what? There's 15 birthdays this month and I don't fucking need it. Whatever the case is, you're able to circle back. There's a grounding cord that allows you to tap into something that keeps you on the path to creating what it is you are to create. And I think that's, that is the bottoms up approach, right? If I can remember that, whatever is presented to me externally if I have tools, as we've been talking about, from a movement standpoint, from a, a doctor diet standpoint, what I'm putting in my body, my sleep practices, Dr. Quiet, all these, these four doctors, if I can live by those and stay in my center, then I can actually see a bit more clearly. My awareness broadens. And I could say, oh, okay. Um, 
they're going to have supply chain shortages. Let me go out and buy a whole steer. Or if I couldn't afford that, let me split one, you know, four ways, eight ways. Split it fucking eight ways. Get a bunch of buddies and tell them like, hey, man, we can get grass-finished beef for $3 a pound out here in Texas. Why don't we go in and split this up? And now we're getting it $3 a pound. And who knows, that might be $20 a pound in the next five years. But I want to have that in my freezer if the store shut down again, if I'm not allowed into Whole Foods because I don't have a fucking Vax Pass, whatever the case is, let's cover the bases there. And then let me go back to co-creating my dreams on this planet and not worrying about what may be on the line coming up here. Well, that is a co-creation action in itself. You're saying, okay, well, this is what life is giving me. And it's, it's uncomfortable, you know, the idea that this could get ugly in a lot of ways. Well, but I'm taking action in a way that's authentic to who I am and it's authentic to the mission that I'm on. So I'm going out and I'm buying a chest freezer and I'm getting the steer and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm, I'm taking action. Then how you do one thing is how you do everything. You, I, I, I'm a big subscriber to that phrase. So we, by just by taking those action in alignment with what it is that we want to do, even if it's uncomfortable or if it's not exactly what you do, want to do in the moment, it's in the path, right? You, it's still in alignment. And that's, again, I want to go back to the language stuff with Mark is the, the beauty of that stuff, again, because Mark is self-admittedly a simple guy, is that a lot of the concepts that we talk about, Dispenza talks about, Paul Check, brilliant guy, talks about, they, they do sometimes feel like they're, they're, they're here, you know? And if you're just getting started or if you're, in a, you're having a bad moment, sometimes just looking at the words that are coming out, that's enough, man. You can see the truth there. You can find it. And that's why we say... And lifted that we unlock these, this freedom, unlock this confidence. We're not giving it to you. You already got it. You're just unlocking it. And sometimes, sometimes you just need a decryption device to see it. So that's what we're, we're ultimately about. Oh, does someone say encryption or encryption? Are we going to get into Bitcoin now? Uh, that's, that's a little joke for the insiders here at Enlift because I'm like Mr. Bitcoin amongst our crew. Are, are you into Bitcoin? I'm, I'm just barely getting my feet wet. But yeah, it's funny. I've been looking into... Uh, um, there's like a space heater that's a, a Bitcoin mining device yes. that runs hot. I'm looking at stuff like that. I think it's called HeatBit. Um, I don't know affiliation with these guys, but I'm just like, that seems fucking rad. And then in the summer, I could leave it in the garage where I'm going to be hitting the sauna. Doesn't make the garage as hot. You know, I like to work out you hot. You will love Bitcoin. You will love the whole, the whole culture around it because it is about sovereignty and freedom. That's what it's about. And it's about self-direction and getting out of this victim perpetrator dynamic. Because as we play, as we play into this thing, and it's, it's so easy now because we have so many obvious, you know, influences coming at us to step into that victim perpetrator thing. But the Bitcoin thing is like, well, listen, I don't need banks. You know, I don't, so what if the federal reserve is going to push this rate this way or that way? I don't care. I got Bitcoin. And as you go down that route, you start to see that it's like, oh, oh, actually it turns out that I don't even look at look at the price in terms of dollars anymore. I'm, I'm strictly thinking in terms of Bitcoin. So when I go and make a purchase, I'm thinking, no, is that really worth it? Because in 10 years, that's going to be this and this and this. So again, why am I talking about this in, in my valuable time with Kyle Kingsbury? Because I, I do believe that, you know, all this, all these things point to one direction. It's freedom, you know, and getting out of the victim role as much as possible. You know, the, the story brand, Donald Miller, you know, this guy mm -mm. He's, he's uh, become a well-known marketing coach. Uh, he's got a book called story brand. He studied screenwriting as did I for a long time and, and storytelling. And he says that, you know, victims exist for one reason to make the hero look good and the villain look bad. And that's no way to live a life. 
right? To, to, you know, as it's like, well, if because if you're feeling like a victim and you're in this victim mentality, or maybe you're doing it unconsciously, you're thinking, okay, who am I making look good, and who who am I making look bad? You know, it's like I'm I'm a I'm a non-participant in this. You know, I'm set deck. Yeah, I'm a prop. You know, <laughs> and it's like no, we got to get get out of that space. So yeah, again, using using our you know with our bodies with the stuff you all are doing and on it with, I know you you've talked a lot about uh, you know plant medicines and and all that stuff and talking about you know uh, you know language and and all these wonderful techniques and tools that we have out there, Bitcoin included. Can we build a tool set that gets us out of the way of the victim mentality of the victim role and into something much more like an architect, someone who is designing an artist, a building he's painting, she's authoring her story. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I believe is the future of mankind. That's what's going to save us is the individual, the empowered individual. Rogan used to say on his show a lot. He's he said it less, less recently, but he said, you know, what the world needs is less losers. Remember he used to say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. And, Dude, you're right. It's like, and and that's and that can come off as very cold to some people. They're like, well, that's not nice, you know. Trump calls people losers, and it's like, well, what Joe was saying, if you can be generous for a moment, is he's saying, let's be awesome. Let's all of us be awesome, and let's figure out what we can do to all achieve that together and lift each of us up together. So, yeah, that's I, love, I love I love everything you're bringing up now, and, and on like a you know more in the the mindset you know or or um, on a even esoteric level when you look at archetypes and things like that. Um, Amit Goswani is a PhD, and he's written uh, I think this, uh, the science of God or quantum spirituality. He's written a number of books that are all phenomenal. But one of the things he talked about were the six archetypes that humans all engage with. And uh, there's the archetype of love, there's the archetype of uh, abundance, and there's the archetype of power. Those are three of them, right? Love's a given, but I was like, oh, wealth, you know, abundance. I was like, interesting. And, and as Caroline Mace points out in her books, um, there's, they're not right or wrong. There's a, a light side and a shadow side, however you want to look at that, to use Jung, Jung termino- terminology. The light side of power is when you gain power and that power is used to empower others. The dark side is you gain power at the cost and expense of others. We've been seeing that on repeat, right? Like from 9-11, 2008, you name it. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot about Battle Him uh, on my Red Pill solo cast. Great but, show, by the way. Thank you, brother. But really, I mean, I mean, what I'm trying to get to by the end of that thing is to really just paint the picture as it is. Hey, this is how it is. And the sooner we can agree on that, the sooner we can really start to light the fire under our ass to empower ourselves and all those around us, right? Like there's, it's more than just, hey, let's do this because it feels good. Like, let's do this because it really fucking matters. And uh, the the other option is, you know, like, like Mark said, you know, we just continue to say yes passively until we're a cyborg, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, That's right, he did bring up the Borg, Borg right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. And he yeah. believes that. I mean, and, and he's, and you know what, I, I see that as an option as well. Look at communist China right now. Look at what's going on over there. It's very strange. And it's, is it how far from the Borg is that? Yeah. It's not that far. Right. You know, with social credit scores and, you know, you, people stopping at uh, at stoplights in, in China and the camera being there. And if the license plate doesn't match the, the facial recognition of the driver 
cops alerted to go and make sure that this stuff like that is happening right now in China. Do we really want to live in that society? Yeah. And if you say, you know, the wrong thing that's not in line with the narrative, then all of a sudden you are canceled from airplane flights, from train rides. Yep. You can't afford it, right? Your social credit won't work to buy you a ticket there. It's an interesting thing, you know, getting back to crypto that I was reading an article on, which is it's an intelligent currency, right? Like if I have a wad of cash in my pocket, and I go to buy something or whatever, like it's gonna, it'll be accepted in a lot of places. Some places aren't accepting cash, as David Ike uh, mentioned, would take place. You know how it's a dirty, they're gonna use that as a, as a <laughs> there's dirty viruses on it that can kill you. So we're no longer accepting cash. The point is, if it moves to strictly digital, what crypto can do is it can say, you're only allowed to buy these items at the grocery store. Adams had too much meat last month. Or he said the wrong thing, so he's only allowed to buy produce with that government crypto. No, right? That's, that's not going to happen. So, it, but I'm just, I'm yeah, just getting yeah, at yeah. like, like, do you want? No, no, no. This is that's different from Bitcoin and things like that. What I'm saying is, if if there is a one-world currency that is a digital currency, the potential for this and what effectively they're able to do with social credit is to say you're only allowed to buy X, Y, and Z. I'm not living in that fucking world. No, no. That ain't going to happen. No, there's, right? it's, it's impossible. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the greatest internet troll of all time, Michael Malice. Do you follow Michael? Mm -hmm. He's been on Rogan a few times. He's, he's really funny. And one of the things he does uh, oftentimes is he, he says to be blackpilled is to think of these people as unbeatable foes. And you look at some of the actions, look at the world as it exists right now. So you've got a lot of people who like to control. And by the way, I'm going to get into this because you'll dig this. I, I figured I'd get a little more conspiratorial with you on this show. Let's do it, brother. I know, I, I know where you're at. But, you know, the, the, you look at the state of the world. You think these are, this, this world was architected by, like, geniuses? It, so many things are broken. I mean, come on. Like, as someone who had a real amazing vision for what human society could look like. It wouldn't look like this. It certainly wouldn't even be transitioned like this. Okay. So the, my issue with Ike and Alex Jones is that they almost give these people too much credit. You know, mm. it's like, you know, it's like, really, it's like, do you think that this is uh, the work of a genius? No. Um, but there is a great book. And I think this is really important too. going back to our MMMA uh, conversation, mental mixed martial arts conversation in terms of having uh, some sort of tool set to battle the external messaging is there's a book that I, it's been on my shelf for a long time and I just started reading it before I came onto this show. It's called political ponerology. Have you What's heard of the this? second word? It, it is a strange word. It's called ponerology, P-O-N-E-R-O-L-G-Y. I may have gotten that. It, I believe that's the right spelling. So ponerology is this, is the study of evil. Okay, so <laughs> in, in the introduction to this book, again, there, there, it's a Polish author, and, and the names are very difficult to pronounce, so I'm going to say the, the introduction writer and then the author. The introduction writer in the intro to this book says that this is the single most important book you will ever read. And whenever you read a sentence like that at the beginning of a book, you're like, oh my God, what's going on? That's a hell of a claim. Let's, let's get into this. And, and what the, they ultimately are saying in this book is that you, as a, as a human being, we have to recognize that there is a percentage of our, of our species, okay, that are psychopaths. And what's a psychopath? So a psychopath is someone who has no remorse, no feelings when they do something ill to someone else, something wrong when they make, make a mistake. There's, there's nothing there, right? Reptilian David Icke would say, okay, I, I'm not going to go that far. 
let, there's, there are these people who are psychopaths. Okay. Well, and yeah, we know that, but then you realize that these people will then understand that the rest of us have to abide by, you know, really inconvenient things called truth and honesty and love. And they know that, and they will use that against us. And then the guy goes on to talk about, well, imagine the one percentile best, you know, pathological, insane psychopaths, where would they gravitate towards? Because their main focus in life is to get what they want. That's what a psychopath wants. That's their only drive is to get what they want. So, huh, if all I wanted to do is, again, by the way, psychopaths are very intelligent, intelligent, they're very charming, they're very, you know, competent at what they do. So if, if I was a psychopath and I wanted to have the maximum return on my investment, where would I gravitate towards? And I think this is the, the core concept that I was trying to understand for so long. It's like, why do our leaders do these things? It's not because they're grand people. They're just great psychopaths, you know, because they can hit a button and drone strike a group of children and then go to bed the next day and fall asleep and not have any problems with that. Whereas I were, you and I would be devastated and it would, destroyed. It would go through how many Ibogaine sessions to try to clear that out of our, you know, of our, of our mindset or, or, you know, our consciousness. Um, but uh, so, you know, we're up against some, interesting foes, uh, both internal and external. And it's good to have a tool set that we can use to, to go to battle with. And, and that's, again, call it positive attitude, call it mindset, call it language work, call it, call it the lifted method, call it on it, what you guys do here. It's uh, all the tools that we have at our disposal, plant medicine. These are all, these are all very valuable as we, as we do battle within and, and then in the external as well. Absolutely. Well, what, what, tell me, tell me a little bit more about this book because we've got, we've got probably 10 minutes left here, but I'm, 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 you've piqued my interest. Well, it, this is someone who's writing from, so it does, it, he, he, he will admit right off the gate, like, Hey, yeah, this, this does exist. Right. So, I mean, and you don't, you don't have to think of this as like a, you know, they, they, they for sure give that, that class too much credit, but they've been playing a longer game. When you come to understand this, there has been a long game played. Imagine, you know, all of aristocracy and the um, the world leaders who had cultivated wealth from the Vatican to ancient kings and queens who said, okay, well, there's going to be revolutions unless we secede our power, but we don't want to. So we'll give the illusion of democracy. We'll give the illusion of fairness. And we're going to try as much as we can to direct this. I mean, there's a, uh, I think it's called a pale... A pale face horse. I'm forgetting the oh, title. Behold, of the a pale horse. I believe is it William uh, Cooper or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's available. It, it's free audio online. You can you can search it. I'll, I'll try to link to it in the show notes. There's he makes a brilliant point where he says, if I had acquired a lot of wealth, you know, uh, from X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever thing, fairly early on as the modern world is developing, would I try? Would it be in my best interest to make sure that my ideals? And, and the things that I really supported in life and thought were good ideas, if I was able to somehow curate that going forward. So, you know, it, you'd move so far beyond uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs for your lifetime and for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren's lifetimes that you'd say, let me actually use this to construct a society that I think will work. 
what are some of today's problems? What are some of the things that we may need to solve for in the future? And you just start thinking that way, right? Well, here lies the long game of a group of people who think of the masses as peasants, who think of the masses as less than, who think of people of color as dirty and the ones who need to be extinguished from the earth. They're not as good as Aryans. They're not as good as X, Y, and Z, right? That, that, that's, that's where the, you know, the underlying foundations, uh, doesn't make them you know, uh, phenomenal geniuses or anything like that, but they are starting from a position of wealth. They're starting from starting a position ahead. of, yeah, yeah, they're starting from a position of um, influence, you know, in far as, as creating different things. And as it's been said, you know, who, uh, I think it was Plato said, who controls the narrative control society. Uh, it's one of the first quotes in, in pandemic indoctrination, right? So, so again, that's not to say like, oh man, oh, that's what we're up against. What are we going to do? That's not it at all. But it is to say like, that, is, that actually is there to a certain degree. I, I respect that. I, I see where that, that's coming from. Um, again, I, I see this as bottom-up conspiracy at the same time. Mm -hmm. how, how can that plan work? So the architects of the pyramids didn't build it. You know, like the architects needed slaves to all get in line and move those giant stones, if you believe that theory. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so you, you've, you've got you, the architects of the Holocaust. Okay. Did, did Goebbels and, and Himmler and all those guys, did they go and actually do the things themselves? No, they had to recruit builders, people who went along with that story. Bottom-up conspiracy, right? So... Yeah, that could all be true, or there could be some truth to that. But all these people have to get get on board this train and do the bidding of of these people to build the architectural plans into reality. So, again, that's why I'm I'm mostly focused on the individual, and I'm mostly focused on what we can do uh, to build ourselves up. Because if we're all free, sovereign beings, and we're and and again, it's like Heracles' circle. You know, if I build myself within. And I, and I really work on myself, then I can give that excess energy, that love to my family. And then if I have more after that, I can give it to my, my extended family and my friends and my community, and then eventually to the world. So we can all build up that internal energy source and then extend that to the world. Man, imagine what that place looks like. And I believe that, again, whatever these forces, these people, I mean, I, I think that they just have never met a foe like that. Imagine being one of these whatever if you, that you painted these these narcissists or these psychopaths and and you're look you're looking at a, a people who are just rad. Each one of them, they're like, no way, I'm going to be able to to take these people on. They're self sufficient. They're smart. They're kind. You know, they they're they're spiritually uh, aligned. That that's too formidable a foe. I'm, I, you know, if I'm a hyena, I'm going to go pick on something much easier to pick on, yeah. you know, versus the, 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 the rhinoceros, you know? So, and that's what ponerology talks about. He talks about these people as predators. So, you know, predator, predators pick on easy prey. They don't pick on the fastest gazelle, they pick on like the weakest one. Right. That's it's, something I've been telling bear, you know, if he gets nervous at night, I'm like, buddy, I'm in your house. I'm the fucking baddest dude in the goddamn neighborhood. You know, like, like if somebody, if a bad guy is, is scouting the neighborhood, like, like, uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern in home alone, right? Right. they take one look at me in the front yard and they're like, mm, next house. 
You know, there's no, we're going to that house at night. You know, you, you, <laughs> that's why it's so funny that there was a guy, you know, Tim Kennedy chased down back in the day. And, you know, <laughs> oh, that's right. He was yeah. out there and he's got, <laughs> you know, save his background, right? Like he's got all the fucking surveillance stuff outside. He can see where the guy is, you know, and he, and he is who he is. I mean, he's one of a kind, truly one of a kind. No one has fought at that level and on that big of a stage who also has that, type of military background, active duty. You're like, you're just like, fuck, what a pedigree, right? Oh, so you, you pick so, the wrong guy. It's, it's like, uh, Jordan Peterson. I, I always call, uh, Mark and I went back and watched the original first blood with Stallone mm -hmm. uh, recently. And if you watch that movie, it's like, watch it from today's, uh, perspective. It's essentially the Jordan Peterson story. They picked on the wrong guy. Why did they pick on that guy? It's like, <laughs> cause Brian Dennehy at the end of that movie has got to be like, I could have picked on any number of Vietnam homeless vets, you know, I picked on the <laughs> dude who's going to destroy the entire town and take everyone down with him, you know, and that's essentially what they did to Jordan Peterson, you know, yeah. and, 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 and Tim Kennedy there, you pick on the wrong guy. And remember the Gracie brother that was, was being stalked by those dudes and he uh -huh. actually was filming it, which Gracie was Henzo. It's it, in New York. It's yeah, in New York. Park. It's like you pick on the wrong dude and imagine being in a society in which, I, you know, again, everybody is formidable. Like I can't pick on anybody here. I mean, think about how many bar fights that have not happened because of MMA. I yeah. mean, because it's like, dude, anybody in here could crush me, and 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 I have no idea who that is. So, you know, I that's what I'm saying. You build the individual. We give that excess energy to other people, to other other things. You know, and be kind, be loving. You know, provide for uh, you know as much as we can, and then that's the better world. You know, drinking Soylent and, 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 you know, outsourcing, as Mike Bledsoe uh, says, outsourcing our health to big pharma, uh, you know. That living, seems, in, living in Zuckerberg's, you know, fantasy land metaverse, with, the, with the, yeah, the metaverse no, with, with uh, Ready Player One goggles on player, for the rest of your life. Right, right. Have you seen the meme where it's like, that's what they tell you it looks like, but it's in reality. It's just some dude sitting in the corner of his dark studio and he's just like this, you know, he's like all uh, <laughs> malnourished. Uh, no, we're not, that's not what we're put on planet earth to do. We're put on planet earth to be amazing beings. And the sooner we get into the practices of, like I said, what you guys are doing here and what we talked about today, the better. I got a lot of hope, man. Yeah, absolutely. Brother. That's been, uh, really where I've been at. And I know it, it didn't, it, there was a lot of emotion that came across in the red pill podcast, but my experience has been again and again, you know, these cues, synchronicities, even on the way here before this podcast, I talked about the honeybee in my car and a lot of people would be like, oh, you had a fucking bee fly in, big deal. My experience with bees over the last two years has been that of a, a spirit animal. You know, I'm mean, gonna have a spirit animal uh, person come in to fully break this down and I'm sure I'll dive into it deeper there. But I mean, I was at an ecstatic dance and I had a bee on the palm of my hand for 30 minutes and I was getting, oh, there was full-blown communication going on with this bee where I, and yeah, maybe I'm just dreaming that shit up, but there were very clear things that were, were told to me that I hadn't thought of before. Right. So at the very least, you know, it, I was accessing the ability to think outside the box and, and, and get new material to work with in regards to my relationship with nature as a whole and all of that. And, um, I really love, you know, that we address conspiracy and yet at the same time, I can feel your energy right now. There's zero fucking worry at that, at your end of the table. Right. And that's what I've been accessing lately. And again, on the drive here, B comes in, lands on me. I'm like, Hey, little buddy. And it was this gentle reminder to be sweeter. Yeah. 
You know, like, oh yeah, okay. I've probably frightened a lot of fucking people with that podcast. (laughs) I can be sweeter, you know, like this is the shit that I've seen. And at the same time, um, all of those are pointers to create the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. All of those are pointers to say, hey, there is a plan for us if you just want to lay down and it ain't great, but that's just theirs. What is mine, right? What, What is ours? What are we going to construct right now? And uh, time and time again, through whether it's a B or a conversation I have with somebody, and you know, I talked a lot about you know getting to meet Jared Picard and Dr. Nathan Riley and all these people, you know, that just it's like at every turn through our interconnectivity, through our ability to to harmonize with ourselves and with nature, that just becomes one thing after the next. Where like every step I take into uncertainty, you know, with. Uh, Indiana Jones, when he throws the dirt out, you know, he's got to cross the invisible bridge, mm-hmm. right? Like every step is there. Every step in the path is laid out before us when we attune ourselves and do the work and we can see that. And, and what you guys have created is such an empowering tool. And it's, it's really the first place to start. You know, I mean, there's many places to start. And I talk about the four doctors all the time. You know, if any one of those things are off, you're not sleeping, you know, good luck taking alpha brain or something else. You're not going to be your best. You're not going to lose. You're going to run into all kinds of issues if you're not sleeping well. You're going to run into all kinds of issues if you keep putting McDonald's in your body. And that's a fucking given. But with that language, you know, how we talk to ourselves, how we speak to others. Uh, I've mentioned The Madness of Crowds, you know, by Douglas Murray a lot on this podcast. And it's such such a fantastic book. Really, what are we looking towards there? He points out some critical issues. You know, can we forgive another? Can we see it through their eyes and respect what they're doing and not need to change their mind? Um, can we forgive ourselves? You know, and then how do we, what is that inner critic within that exists within all of us? How is the inner critic communicating? It's a big difference. I've had coaches that are like, Kingsbury, you're never going to fucking be anybody. You're going to play junior college football and wash out. Right, that was my high school head coach. Yeah. The head coach, you say it in front of the whole team, right? And then I had guys that were like, um, you know, you're doing great with the bull rush, but I really want to see you do a spin move, and I know you can do it. And they would, they would plant that seed in me to make me better. Like you've got, you're a one trick. Instead of calling me a one trick pony and saying it in front of everyone I know and respect, pulling me to the side and saying, dude, you're doing great at this, but we want to add a couple layers to you. And then I'm fucking all ears, right? Yeah. Imagine if you could change your inner critic into that guy, the player's coach who pulls you aside and says, hey, you're doing good here, but here's where we can improve. And it's soft enough that you'll actually sit and listen to the inner critic. Damn. That, that's, where, that's what you guys are offering, brother. That was the greatest softball and greatest segue I could have imagined because that's what I wanted to talk about because – to sign off here, we've, uh, if you want to learn how to use this material and you are a coach and you are someone who's a leader, um, in your field, or if you're an influencer, you're an influencer, Kyle, uh, and you want to be a master of this material, go to enlifted.me. That's with an E it'll be in the show notes and, uh, sign up for a, uh, enrollment call or just enroll immediately. Cause the spots go fast. Uh, Kimberly Kesting, the great Kimberly Kesting will, will speak with you. And, you know, this stuff is so powerful. Mark will teach you how to use it uh, in your own personal life and also with your clients or your, your team. And, and uh, I, I did want to also announce that we have an Enlifted app coming out. It's free. That's phenomenal. That's, that's going to be free. You just, it's, by the time the show airs, uh, when's the show going to air? A couple think? weeks, I think. Couple, oh, really? Okay. It's still in beta right now, certainly by the new year, by January. Download it. It's 
it's as our product manager, Eric Blackwell calls it a minimum lovable product right now, but it's a, it's a voice journal that you can use on your phone, iOS right now, exclusive, but you, you click the button, you, you speak into it, you rant into it, you, you do a journal entry in there. It's transcribing all of your words and it's also highlighting some of these word changes that we talked about today. And you can click a little button in the transcript and change the word or make an edit. And you can start again, drafting and then crafting your thoughts. So as Mark says, you know, so, so oftentimes those thoughts that we essentially identify ourselves by, those are first drafts. What happens when you turn in a first draft in school? You fail generally. So why would we do that with how we define ourselves, how we, again, author our lives. So this app helps people go in there craft these thoughts. And then we'll also, by the end of the year, have about a hundred, what we call flows, guided entries for people to go through there. And and they actually can, and have an lifted coach guide them through a process to deal with, you know, relationship issues, financial issues, whatever, gratitude. There's all sorts of cool stuff that we have planned. So that's coming up. And then finally, I want to plug one more thing, Kyle, because I like to plug like to sell. <laughs> My mentor was a sales guy after all. Uh, we've got an lifted podcast coming out in, in the new year as well. And that's going to be hosted by uh, the great Kimberly, the great Chase Tolson and Dave Robinson. So check that out. Mark and I will be on there very often as well. So uh, yeah, shout out to the app team, Dave, Cam, uh, William, and soon to be Kayla. And I'm, I'm so blessed that I have so many amazing people that I, I get to work with. And then our customers, man, Mark has attracted the most amazing. We had 200 certified coaches, you know, Seth Godin, the the great marketing author, he wrote this um, very short blog post years ago. And it said, choose your customers first, because you're going to serve your customers. Those are the people you have to serve. So if you hate your customers, guess what? You're going to hate your life. We love these people. These are people that could sit in this room right now with us and we can vibe with all of them. So uh, big shout out to our coaches as well. Fuck yeah, brother. Thank you so much, Adam. Phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle, for inviting me on. Beautiful, brother. <laughs>